Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's Let's ride. It's for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans? This is the first episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast for the 2022 season. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are off to a 4-2 and two start. This is Kevin Klein here. I'm absolutely fired up because the Dodgers are coming off a commanding victory against the Cincinnati Reds in their Dodgers Stadium home opener, celebrating 60 years of Dodgers Stadium, taking down the Reds 9-3. We're going to get into today's action. We're going to talk about yesterday's game against the Twins and the Dodgers sweep overall. But David Rosenthal, how are you doing tonight? What are your takeaways from tonight's game? I'm doing good. Uh, it's a late one for us, uh, but that was an enjoyable game to watch. I mean, the Reds are very, very bad, uh, but the Dodgers offense kind of stepped up when it when it needed to. Bueller didn't have his best stuff at all. Uh, he did not look sharp. He was kind of grinding through it. Uh, I would have pulled him after five based on what I saw. Uh, I don't know what the hell David Price is doing in a one-run game, but uh, Freeman looks good. Bellinger looks good. Don't look now, uh, but Cody Bellinger has looked good the past couple games. So I'm I'm – pretty optimistic about this team so far five five or six games in absolutely there are some hot hitters for sure and yes walker bueller was going to get the win um but it did not end up working out we can talk about david price in a little bit walker bueller remains one and zero on the season with a 338 era the whip is a little higher than i'd like to see it at 1.31 but opponents are only hitting 220 off him he was throwing 95 most of the game until the very end in that sixth inning when he we began to notice he was throwing around 93 and then ultimately gave up that two-run home run to Aquino, but it's all good. Jake Reiner, what's going on? What are your takeaways from the Dodgers so far this season or anything you want to just talk about? Well, it was a little touch and go there at the beginning of the season. Uh, the first few games, the offense looked a little stagnant um, and it seemed like uh, they were kind of sleepwalking through a lot of these at-bats. Uh, we were, we were seeing three up three down innings, um, against Colorado. And it was a little frustrating to, uh, to begin the season that way. But once they got to Minnesota, they figured out how to heat up the bats, even though it was freezing cold in Minnesota, they were able, uh, to score a lot of runs. Um, the starting pitching has been really good outside of, uh, Julio Urias, who struggled with his velocity in the in the first Colorado series. Um, Tony Gonsolin, a little shaky, but, uh, you know, overall not not terrible. Tyler Anderson looked good, too. Um, but uh, Walker Bueller's been been looking decent. I think he's still 
um, ramping it up and he's not quite where he needs to be at this point, but man, Clayton Kershaw, which I'm sure we'll get into what a performance he gave on uh, his opening day, the fifth spot in the rotation, just absolutely dominated a lineup that um, quite frankly was tearing the world on setting the world on fire, tearing the world up, whatever expression you want to go with it. The Minnesota twins were, were, were firing on all cylinders, any cliche you want to go with. Um, they, they were hitting the ball well. And so for him to shut that lineup down the way he did was remarkable. Um, but tonight you're, you're seeing what this Dodgers offense is made of. I mean, in that eighth inning, they just exploded. Uh, Will Smith uh, hitting his first home run of the season um, everyone, everyone's hitting the ball well, but what, what, what's really great is that hitting obviously is contagious on this team. Once one guy gets going, the next guy gets going. And then, you know, it's sort of like you pass the baton on down the lineup. And like David mentioned, Cody Bellinger going into this red series, as I pointed out on Twitter was hitting 400 since he started the season. Oh, for eight. So Cody Ballinger swinging the bat well, and once he gets going, I mean, look out. You're not going to be able to get anybody out in this lineup. Yeah, the Dodgers have been on fire in the eighth inning these last two games. In the previous game, they had back-to-back-to-back home runs with the Bellinger, Lux, and Barnes train. And then tonight, we saw Freddie Freeman lead the inning off with a double. Dodger fans were giving him a loud ovation and chanting, Freddie. Shades of kind of when they did that to Max Scherzer last season in his Dodger Stadium debut. And then Trey Turner comes in, drives him home. Dodgers take the 4-3 four, lead. And then Will Smith eventually hammers one home, a three-run home run. That puts the Dodgers up 7-3. to three. And now Will Smith well on his way to that all-star campaign, leading the Dodgers in RBIs with six of them. Gavin Lux was in the lead before that with five. We, we'll talk about him more in a few minutes. But ultimately, you know, the Dodgers started off with a 3-0 lead. They lost it. David Price pitching in a one-run high-leverage situation is highly questionable, in my opinion. I don't know why Dave Roberts felt the need to go to Price. I'll just say one quick thing about that because I I feel like as, you know, it's early on in the season, and I think maybe Dave Roberts wanted to see what he had uh, with David Price. Yeah. Again, you know. That's, that's all you can really say. I mean, because, you know, obviously David Price hasn't won you over in, <laughs> in the confidence department, uh, trusting him to be in that situation uh, under those circumstances. So to me, it was more of a, let's see what we got with, it, with, with him here. Where, where can we use David Price? Since, he's been, since the Dodgers acquired him from the Red Sox along with Mookie Betts, his role has been kind of, just very blurry. I mean, the, it doesn't really, he doesn't really have a defined role with this team. It's just sort of a kind of a random add on, you know, he's not ever built up to be a starting pitcher, which by this point, I don't understand why that is. Um, He's not great out of the bullpen. You can't send him down. So I, you know, they got to try to find some role for him on this team. If they're going to keep him on the roster. All right. Well, look, to quote the, the late, great Dennis Green, they were who we thought they were. And that's that's Den- that's David Price. Uh, there isn't a role for him on this team. There just isn't. Uh, and you got two options. You can put him on the phantom IL with some made up injury, put him on the 60 day DL and, and just store him for later in case someone gets hurt. Or you can cut him. You can just cut him, send him out to pasture, cut him. 
But uh, those are the two options. There, there is no role. This, this bullpen is loaded. Uh, they have a bit more starting pitching depth, and he's not even built up to be a starter. So, frankly, I don't know which one, which option they're going to have to go with. But I told you on our on our prediction show, he will not throw a pitch for this Dodgers team after May. It's hard to argue against that. I don't see just a world where David Price can make it through the season, just given what his performance has been the last two years. It's kind it's of been gonna atrocious. Be like, it's it's gonna been, be let's like, call it what it is. It's been atrocious. I think it's it ultimately will end up like how the the Angels had to treat Albert Pujols. You just have to let him enter the open market because there's too many roster spots or too many guys that are going to plug up roster spots down the line. Ferguson, Canely, Duffy, May, all on the IL, they're going to be very viable options. And you can't have a he's guy like, like David the, He's Price. like the fourth or fifth option of out of our left-handed pitchers. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even go to him, you know, I wouldn't even go to him before Justin Brule. Oh nope. yeah. No way. No way. Not even, right. I would, I would probably take Clevenger too. Clevenger too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into the game before because this is the one everyone's talking about you hear it on espn fox sports national media is even talking about baseball finally and it's clay and kershaw what the hell that was fucking awesome man clay and kershaw <laughs> coming out there 13 strikeouts proving all the skeptics wrong saying he's washed no when clay and kershaw is on the mound he is still a top 10 pitcher at any given time and it turns out the twins, Jake called them firing on all cylinders, not against a slider because they couldn't hit that thing for once in that series. Andrew Heaney owned them and then Clayton yeah. Kershaw. Yeah, let's talk about him at some point too. I feel like Clayton Kershaw got 11 of his 13 strikeouts using that slider. He threw two changeups, so he's trying to get that part of his repertoire. Um, but point is the velocity with Kershaw looked um, okay overall. I think he was averaging 90 miles per hour. His high was... 91 and a half as low as 88.8 i want to say but i want to get your guys' takeaways first on the kershaw start and then obviously dave roberts and kershaw coming to an agreement to pull him after seven perfect innings well i I said this on twitter but you see a ton of people calling this vintage kershaw and i kind of have a problem with that because he's still that same pitcher he just hasn't been healthy that's it. Yeah, but uh, he, he, but, but the reason they, they say vintage Kershaw is because this is how he used to dominate hitters. And he's not done that in, in a couple of seasons, like, like he dominated I, the that's Twins. That's not entirely true either. I mean, before really? he got when hurt the last, last time, year, he, when's the last time he threw seven perfect innings with 13 strikeouts? Well, I don't know about perfect, but he's that's been what, that's dominant. The, that's the point. He used to do that all the time. Not, not perfect innings, but he, you know, he used to, do that way more earlier in his career or during the height of his prime. Yes. But I mean, you, you got to go back to last year before he got hurt the first, I want to say two and a half months of the season, he was a top four pitcher in baseball by like every metric. Uh, I mean, he was still dominant. He wasn't seven perfect innings, 13 strikeout dominant, but he's, he was six inning one run, eight strikeout dominant. And that's, that is dominant. Uh, Bottom line, what a fucking performance. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy for him, and it's just a giant middle finger to all the haters and all the doubters who said he's washed or he's injured or you can't count on him or anything. When he's healthy, you can count on him for pretty much anything. 
Yeah, I would twenty-five million dollar pitcher. I would take I would take thirty-four-year-old Clayton Kershaw over the majority of pitchers in Major League Baseball. Um, that that like David said, when he's healthy, he's a wagon, and he proved that the other day. And just it was it was a remarkable thing to watch. W- what a great what a great morning that was. You wake up. 10 yeah. o'clock Dodger baseball. You have a cup of coffee, watch one of the greatest left-handed pitchers of all time. Greatest pitcher of our generation just absolutely put on a pitching clinic and he had every pitch working, even the new changeup that he's working in worked. I mean, it was a flawless, literally a flawless performance. And that's the thing that, you know, we can all appreciate about that start. Now, getting into the sort of the, the controversy the controversy of it all, I'm kind of torn on this because I obviously understand why they took him out. You know, he was injured last season. He's 34. He's not yet built up. The lockout kind of hurt him. He even said that the lockout was a huge factor in him not being as ready as he'd like to be. And I get all of that. And he, he even admitted after the game that he thought it was the right decision. Um, but that the person that he felt the worst for was Austin Barnes because Barnes, you know, hasn't had a chance to, to catch a perfect game. Not a lot of people have it only it's only happened 23 times yep. in the history of major league baseball. So, but that's the part of me that's like, come on, like, are, are we really saying that if he throws 20 more pitches that he puts himself in a worse position to be injured. I still think that Clayton Kershaw could get injured anyway throughout the rest of the season and probably will at some point given his track record. So I don't know that pushing him to the limit in that circumstance would necessarily mean that he would get injured down, down the line because you can get injured at any point anytime you're on the mound and he probably will get hurt at some point. And you'll look back at that and say, well, what were we really saving him for if he's going to get hurt anyway? I just think in that moment, I have to say that I would have, I would have left him in. When are you going to get that opportunity ever again? When are you going to do it? I know there's bigger things at play. I know there's the world series aspirations. The Dodgers have to focus on that. And I'm not mad at what they did. not mad at the decision they made because I understand why they did it. But the part of me that wanted to see baseball history, the part of me that's a fan that wants to see Clayton Kershaw get that perfect game because Hanley Ramirez stole it from him way back when in 2014 against the Rockies. I wanted to see him complete that. And it's just unfortunate that we didn't get to see that. But, you know, I'm not I'm not losing my mind over it. Max Scherzer would have punched Dave Roberts in the dick if he tried to take him out with a perfect game with 80 pitches. But look, I agree. I, I think you're both – I mean, I know where Kevin's going to go with this, so I think you're both right here. I think it was the right move to take him out, but I also think it would have been a very fine move to leave him in, to at least see how the eighth goes. But the problem is he's not built up. He only got to a 75-pitch uh, simulated game, not a full spring training, didn't throw for three months in the offseason, coming off the injury to start a season – pushing yourself to let's say 100, 105, 110 pitches is not going to set yourself up well in terms of arm health for the rest of the year. So yes, he could, he could 
tears ligament on any pitch on any game, but to set a foundation of the season, starting off when you're not built up all the way, throwing 40 more pitches uh, than you have thus far is not, is not the way to do it. So I, I was in the minority where I, I think Dave Roberts actually made the right call uh, as much as it sucks as like the biggest Kershaw fan. I would have loved to see it, uh, but long-term it's, it's makes perfect sense. Yeah. I was fully on board with the decision to pull Clayton Kershaw. Like David mentioned, 75 pitches was his simulated game. And they had already talked that 80 to 85 pitches was going to be his max entering this game. And they're not in, if they're a bad team, then yeah, you can leave them out there to go for the accomplishment, but there's better things and bigger things here at play. They're competing for a world series. And we saw how much this Dodgers pitching staff staff sucked last season in the postseason without Kershaw. They have to do everything they can to preserve his arm down the, down the road, because this was only the first start. And another thing to just look at with Kershaw is he's basically a Lamborghini with a hundred thousand plus miles on it. Uh, as much as he's a great player, he's also highly injury prone. And I do believe that there is a ripple down effect. If you work him hard, work him too hard this early on. Yeah. And there is a lot of blame on Don Mattingly for overworking Kershaw in years past, but I hate to quote this guy cause he didn't retweet us. But if you read Pedro Morrow's book, Clayton Kershaw actually <laughs> takes a lot of responsibility for why Clayton Kershaw broke down as well, because Unfortunately, he was very stubborn back then. He wanted to be that guy. He wanted to pitch every inning. He wanted to go out there, go into the eighth, go into the ninth. He wanted to pitch on three days rest. And for a pushover like Don Mattingly, of course, he's going to say yes, because how can you, how can you uh, disagree with the goat? I mean, it's not as it's because you, you got to be a manager. You don't got to be a friend. You got to make the decision that's best for your team and best for your player. And Mattingly made that Wrong decision after wrong decision after wrong decision. Uh, in the playoffs, in the regular season, you name it. He he handled Clayton I, Kershaw I know, worse but, than pretty much anyone but could. They had a, first, they had a bad bullpen, first of all. And I feel like Don Madden... That doesn't was, mean you just throw your horse out there regardless. I mean, it's not... Well, a, it's the old school mentality. Unfortunately, yeah, the Dodgers... Which is why he's a there terrible a lot of, There were a lot of, were a lot were, of those playoff not, series that they didn't have a choice. They weren't analytics. They were not analytically driven back then. It was a very old school mentality. How do we feel about Dave Roberts? Like, he's had a long track record of taking pitchers out while they have no hitters slash perfect games. I mean, not just Kershaw, but Rich Hill had a perfect game going at one point. He took him out. Ross Stripling yep. had a no hitter going. He took him out. That was at the beginning of the season two. And then Walker Bueller in Mexico. Um, how do we feel about that? I'm okay with it. I mean, you know, all the old heads and all the like, Oh, like baseball isn't the same. Like this isn't how it was when I was growing up. Like, I don't care what those people say. Like, yes, things change. Things evolve, adapt or die. It's, it's that simple with anything in life. Uh, it's, it sucks and it's unfortunate, but you can't send, it, send your guys out there to throw 120, 130, 140 pitches. I don't care what Max Scherzer says. Uh, that's not good for someone's arm. Why do you think, okay, here's, here's, here's a guy I'm going to bring up, Sandy Koufax. Do you think if he had today's, if he had Dave Roberts at his, as his manager, would he have lasted longer than age 30? Yeah, but but back then they you know they had four man rotations and no bullpen, so yeah. they got you and know. 
and the best pitcher in the history of baseball had to retire at age 30 because of it. Right. Right. Because they didn't, they didn't have Tommy John surgery back then. Well, yeah, but I mean, he might not have needed Tommy John if he had been properly managed in today's well, standards. I, I don't know about that. I feel like more guys are getting Tommy John than ever because they throw harder. But you understand the point. I get the point. I get, I get, I get what you're trying to say. And I also, I appreciate, I actually do appreciate Dave Roberts uh, response to it when he was asked after the game, basically he was very nuanced in his response. And he basically said that he has a job to do as a manager to protect his players, to manage in the best interest of the ball club. And, you know, he reiterated that they're trying to win a world series and all of that. And it kind of um, is a little off brand for Roberts in the sense that he typically wants to give a guy his moment, you know, too often did we see him want, you know, Kenley Jansen to go out there and have his moment when maybe Kenley didn't have it that, you know, that stretch or um, Kershaw coming out of the bullpen and bringing him back out there the next inning in the NLDS in 2019, because he wanted Kershaw to have some sort of glorious moment too often. He's gotten burned for that. So in this instance, he didn't lead with his heart. He led with his head and I, I respect him for the decision. I really do. All right. I want to talk about Andrew Heaney real quick. Then we'll dive into some hitters. Heen dog been saying i mean i was the only guy touting him since he was a dodger fully believe in this guy i think if the dodgers had kept him in that if they hadn't flipped him for howie kendrick we'd be talking about another um careful here careful yes i know i gotta be careful chris sale i think oh god no this would be chris sale light i swear to god stop it with that slider the laser slider that just was tearing up all the twins hitters he literally learned that a few weeks ago, it was one of the best sliders I had seen already all season long. Um, the whiff rate is legit. I think he uh, needs to do a little better of a job of not leaving that fastball hanging over the plate, though. I think he did catch a break a couple times. Uh, Carlos Correa was like the one twin that was able to dominate him with two doubles. But Andrew Heaney, man, I think he's only going to get better. Well, he's going to give up some runs, obviously, because he can't do better than zero, but I, I believe in this guy. I think he's going to be part of the Dodgers rotation for the rest of the season. Jake. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear what Jake has to say. Here. <laughs> well, if, I mean, if well, you missed our last, if you missed our last episode, Jake was uh, not too high on him. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, given his track record, I don't understand how anybody could be. Um, so I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and encouraged by what I saw from Andrew Haney. And again, you know, being a Dodgers fan, of course, I want to root for him. I'm not going to root against him because I want my take to, to, to come true. Um, I'm just never going to do that. But yeah, I was really impressed with what I saw from him. I've never seen him pitch that well. I don't think he's ever pitched that well in his life. So I think that for him, that was great. If he can build on that, that's fantastic. Um, you know, I'm not holding my breath. Um, Cause let's just see, you know, let's just see what happens, but throwing boomerangs. What do you mean throwing boomerangs? They're just the way they cut. <laughs> what are you talking yeah, I about? Mean, he's look, talking about he's, Heaney's slider, but yeah. I mean, look at, I mean, if, oh, oh, he was, I thought you were talking about me. I mean, um, he's not even a top three slider on this team, bro. I mean, you got Kershaw, Trinan so and my, Phillips. My point, my point being is that, 
you know, like, yeah, he's got my attention. Like I'm, I'm down to see him build upon that and you're see warm, you're warming to the idea of him. Yeah. I mean, if he can put a couple more of those types of starts together, I'm all, I'm all for it, but let's see it. Yeah. I'm with you. I liked what I saw. We'll get another chance this weekend against Tyler Molly. All right. Dodgers hitters. I, I'm sure David knows this one, but who's leading the team in on-base plus slugging. We're not counting Austin bond Barnes here. Gavin Lux. 965 has been an absolute beast. The dude looks more jacked than ever. I think he's definitely put on some muscle weight and he looks very composed at the plate and he's seizing the opportunity thus far coming through in the clutch too. I think he has four RBIs with runners in scoring position. Chris Taylor's been off to a good start too. 914 OPS Cody Bellinger up to 899 and then Freddie Freeman 802 and then who would have ever guessed that Austin Barnes leads this team in home runs with two of them. He got the first one of the Dodgers season and then he capitalized uh, against the twins as well. Yeah. yeah the thing I want to go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're the Mr. Thing, Gavin Lux. The thing I want just want to talk about with Lux is he forget all the stats. Like I forget all the, you know, impressive baseball savant advanced metrics, impressive, actual regular statistics. He looks good at the plate. He is, you can tell he is seeing every pitch out of the pitcher's hand he's on it. He is, he is on it. Like we haven't really seen consistently from him since he came up to the big leagues. We saw it a little bit in 2019. We saw it, uh, for a couple weeks last year. Uh, but he, you can tell he, he is legitimately on these pitches. He knows where they're going. He knows he sees it out of their hand. He, he's reading the breaking pitches. He looks fucking great is, is a simple way to put it. Uh, playing good defense too. Yes, he it was so funny because during Kershaw's uh, perfect game in the seventh, Eric Karras was on the call and he was saying, hey, wasn't it wasn't it Hanley Ramirez, the guy that booted the ball last time? And it was at that exact moment that the hitter ripped it up the middle and Lux scooped it like it was just nothing. It was but it was a really tough play. It was a short hop over the bag at second and he made the play uh, to preserve the the perfect game. And, and Joe Davis was out of his mind. Um, and it's not just the defense though. And it's not just the numbers that he's putting up, but also just the confidence, you know, the, the confidence is there. The swag is there. He is, is just tearing the ball up. And this is what we expected from him. This is, this is, this is what they projected from him while he was, you know, tearing it up in the minors. This is what we were all waiting for, for him. And I said in our prediction show that that was one of my bold predictions that Gavin Lux would solidify himself as a starting middle infielder for the Dodgers and would secure that position so well that it could make the Dodgers feel comfortable that if they don't re-sign Trey Turner, they have Gavin Lux there to just step right up and move right forward with him. And I think we're seeing that from him. I'm so happy for him. Um, just, just, I mean, an amazing accomplishment so far. Hope he builds on that again. Same deal with Heaney, you know, like we, we, we just have to see it for, you know, a good long stretch, a little bit of a small sample size at this point, but you, you can't not like what you're seeing. So I think this is a good transition because we've actually gotten a couple of questions about this. Uh, we'll give it to, at Dodgers Blue 46. We'd love to hear our take on if they if we think the Dodgers are going to 
eventually re-sign Trey Turner? I don't even think they know. <laughs> well, what we do know is that they're not willing to offer him an extension. That did come out just a few days ago. Well, it's going to be hard because they he, haven't yet. They don't, we don't know if they're not willing to yet. Yeah. I, I don't think they're, I just don't think it's going to be a thing. Um, it, it, to me, it seems like Trey Turner is going to want $300 million and it's just hard to give that type of money to another player after we already gave it to Mookie Freeman. And then we got some other guys we got to pay. Um, I think it's just the type of situation right now where you just let it play out and you let Trey Turner, which it sounds weird to say because he's an MVP candidate, but you let Trey Turner really prove it because he hasn't played a full season in a Dodgers uniform just yet. Uh, the defense, a little questionable to start the season. Um, the power was there last season, but historically he's not a power hitter. And we know for sure he's one of the fastest players in the league. So you guys just mentioned Gavin Lux. It's a very easy replacement. Think about it. If you lock Trey Turner up, that means your, your leadoff hitter, your second hitter, and your number three hitter are going to be there for at least the next five, six, seven. I mean, in Mookie a little bit longer than that. But that's that's an incredible one, two, three to have for an extended period of time um, just to have that and not even have to worry about that for years to come is, is a great feeling. But like Kevin was saying, and you know, you, you kind of have to see who you can pay. Um, you know, obviously the Dodgers have enough money to pay everyone all the money in the world. Um, but will they is the question. And how does that affect the luxury tax and all of that? They've got to consider, um, another guy they got to figure out if they, you know, another couple guys they got to figure out Bellinger, Walker Bueller. I mean, you know, Max Muncie. That you know, those are those are big decisions to make. I, it's, I mean, it's to me, it's clear as day. If they if they pay Trey Turner, they're not paying Cody Bellinger. You think it's one or the other? Oh yeah, because they're gonna yeah. pay Walker Bueller. Well, I mean, that's that kind of goes to Kevin's point. I mean, you know, yeah, you can you can wait to see if. Trey Turner, quote unquote, proves it. But I think you got to wait to see if Bellinger proves it. He's the one that has more to prove, um, even though he already had an MVP season in 2019. The, the last two seasons have been very unimpressive from him um, in the regular season. So yeah. if he's got to be the one to prove it. Yeah, I mean, there's also just the scenario where they don't pay either of them and they just pay someone else. Yeah, you never know. At this point, I mean, they've done everything else. Juan Soto could be a thing. Oh, I would love that. I know that's that would be that would be wet. It's the wet dream for most. Yeah, right. (laughs) I trade. I trade everybody on the roster for Juan Soto. I don't know about that, but yeah, then you then you you just be the Washington Nationals. (laughs) Okay, obviously wasn't saying literally everybody, but. It's not just Juan Soto. It's like that Will Smith meme where he's just standing in the room alone. Yeah. <laughs> From at Dub Quacker 7, do you think it's inevitable that the Dodgers trade for a starter at some point? And if so, who? He's thinking Luis Castillo. Uh, we talked about Luis Castillo a lot in the offseason as a potential trade candidate. Uh, right now, you know, it looks like the Dodgers don't need a starter, but it's – it never ends up working out that way. Whenever we think there's a surplus of starters, someone goes down, someone starts struggling. 
And then a lot just boils up and changes around the deadline. It's just to answer the question, it can't hurt to add another top tier starter because Julio Urias is off to a bad start. We haven't even really talked about him yet. Um, against the Colorado Rockies, gave up six runs, had the lowest velocity on his fastball ever in an outing. It was in the low 91s, kind of concerning to say the least, but he didn't seem all that concerned. And then, yeah, Andrew Heaney, obviously, I'm high on him, but he still has to prove himself. And then Kershaw has people, to hold up. I think people are freaking out about Julio Urias way too soon. I, I, I really think that we got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's earned that. I mean, yeah. he earned that guys. Like I, I feel like people, you know, like Plashke is like freaking out like, yeah. Oh, this is worrisome and whatever. It's like, yeah, it's concerning. It's something to keep in mind, but let's wait and see here. You know, like we're, you know, we're, we're all in on talking about how Kershaw is not built up yet and whatever. We don't want to push him past 80 pitches. Like, same thing with Julio Arias. He just didn't have a good outing to start off the year. Plus, he was in Colorado, all of those things. So he's earned the right for the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what happens over the next couple of starts, and then yeah. we can have this conversation. Yeah, he'll go Saturday against Hunter Green. That's going to be a fun one to watch. But my answer to the question is Trevor Bauer. Once that's figured out, we'll know the answer to that question. I don't know if that's ever going to be figured out, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he this was, is getting ridiculous, pushed man. back to April 22nd now. Seriously, just I, – I truly don't understand how MLB is still doing this. I don't know if it's him wanting this or MLB just toying with him, but, I mean, they're toying with the Dodgers it's, at this point. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's free money for Bauer, unfortunately. It's pathetic. We got Tony Gonsolin going next up for the Dodgers. He'll face Vladimir Gutierrez. And then I just said the Urias matchup. Hunter Green is a Los Angeles native. He pitched local, I think, was it Notre Dame? Went second overall in yeah. the, his draft class. Can throw like 103 miles per hour. But he doesn't really have good secondary pitches yet. So I do think this is a guy that the Dodgers can capitalize and get some runs on the board because he's probably going to leave his fastball over the middle of the plate because the command isn't just there yet. He is a rookie, for just to say the least. And then the last matchup. Tyler Molly, a guy I'm high on, he'll face Andrew Heaney. Molly's coming off a matchup. Uh, I think he's coming off two starts now, but he has 11 strikeouts and a one ERA. Yeah, he's looked good. Has Castillo pitched? Yeah, I think he's got a shoulder. Yeah, I think he's hurt. Yeah. Oh, he is hurt. Okay, because I, I was I was keeping an eye on yeah, that. He dominated us last year. I remember that. I wanted to do, if we had time, just to call out an idiot of the week, but I got to find his tweet. It's that Fox guy with his Kershaw take. Oh, that was such a bad take. Oh I my feel God. like that has to be the idiot of the yeah, week. Yeah, no, it is, for sure. Does anyone have it? What in- was the take? Uh, what was his name? It was like Jason something. Let me see. Kershaw. Jason. Oh, Jason. Uh... I found it. Okay. So it's it was Jason, right? Jason Martinez yeah, at Jason Fox 29. This is your idiot of the week. Hot take alert. Hot, oh. take, hot take alert. But I believe this as a diehard Dodger fan. I would rather have seen Kershaw throw a perfect game <laughs> than win a World Series this year. So Sandy's Whoa. perfect game in 1965 <laughs> is more discussed and remembered than the 1959, 63, 65, and 1981 Dodger championships combined no it's not (laughs) (laughs) no it's not everything in that tweet was wrong everything and to 
the cherry on top is that he referenced Sandy Koufax, who his career was cut short because he was overused and used again and his shoulder broke. So, Jason, well done, man. Fucking phenomenal, horrendous tweet. Just awful. That's the number two for me, because first of all, how can you value a regular season game unless I guess you're maybe the Yankees, who's won 27 of them, over the chance to see a World Series, especially in our lifetimes where they've only won one and a lot of people are trying to devalue it to begin with because it happened to be the COVID season. I'm taking a World Series every single year. I'll go 20 World Series in a row over ever seeing a perfect game witnessed in my lifetime. Also, just the fact that like when you have a team that's in a position to win the World Series and is favorited to win the World Series, why would you why would you want to see a perfect game over that? I get it if you're a fan of the Reds or the Pirates where you don't have a shot in the world. Yeah, maybe you would trade a perfect game, something positive to talk about with your team. But when you're the Los Angeles Dodgers vying for a World Series every single season, screw your perfect game. Yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been fun. But we fought tooth and nail as fans to see the Dodgers win in 2020. How long did we have to wait for that? Like that was in our entire lives. The three of us had never seen the Dodgers win a world series because we were all born right after 1988. So that is just a nut. That's just nonsense. I mean, it has to be bait, right? Like I just refuse that that well, is he real, all bait. Like, he baited us for like sure. That's just, that just cannot be real. I think this is an appropriate time to enter our final thoughts. My final thoughts real quick. I'd like to record another episode before this series happens, but after the Reds, the Dodgers have a NLCS rematch against the Atlanta Braves. Freddie Freeman home? revenge at home. The Braves have been, have you seen what the Braves have done this year? They've been shitting their pants every game. Yeah. Well, they did this last year and we know what happened. Well, I don't know. The Cubs are actually, uh, that's not my final thought, but I just thought the Cubs are surprising. Hey, that's um, like last year too. Yeah, And then they fell off. Uh, my final thoughts are I'm really happy that the offense is starting to pick up. It's really fun to see what this all-star lineup can do. And we're, we're seeing the beginnings of it. And it, I think it's only going to get better. Cool. Yeah. All I got is I, I just looked up Jason Martinez's profile and I, I just, I cannot, it's real. I, I just can't believe it. Where real. is so Fox my, 29? Where Philadelphia. is Philadelphia? Yeah. He's Philadelphia. So but he's, from yeah, he's got, he's got baseball in his, I just can't fathom it. That's my final thought. I don't know what else to say. Jason, you're you're an idiot. All right, guys. We'll be back next week. We're presented wait, by FanSided. Wait, real quick, real quick, David. Where does that rank with uh, Ben Verlander? Does okay, it, Ben Verlander it... is still number one. Like, okay. for sure, still number one. Number two, it's it's might be number two. It might two. be number two. I, I think two. Jonathan Allen Jonathan Allen saying he wants to have dinner with Hitler is still, is, I... is still number two. <laughs> Uh, this one has to yeah, be it. I, given that it's the first you think week this is of the worse season, than it's saying, the first week of the season, and he's already saying, I don't care about winning a world series, okay? But it's dinner with Hitler, <laughs> okay? Like, wrap it up, Kevin. Anybody out of anybody, make sure to give us a five star rating. You choose Hitler, five star rating, subscribe to the Incline Dodgers, quick, get your podcast.
And yes, go read fansided, go read Dodgers way. Uh, I think we're going to, I'm going to force these guys to be back in a few days. Cause I want to talk to this brave. Series. Yeah. We'll be back in a few days. Then the Dodgers face the Padres for the first time this season. All right, everyone. Hope you have a great weekend. Thank you once again for listening. Excited that baseball is back. The Dodgers looking good. So go Dodgers.